Croatia and welcome to the Cardiff Referee Society's meeting with Wales's top female referee, Cheryl Foster. Like I said, thank you for the invite. Um, I, like you might have heard just then, sometimes I, I sort of question why uh, to tell my, you know, why I should tell my story a little bit, but um, hopefully you'll enjoy it. And obviously there'll be time to um, ask me any questions at the end. Um, there are some videos on there as well. So again, apologies for any lagging that might happen. Um, that's just the... The, the, the nature of the beast, I'm afraid, um, but hopefully uh, you'll be able to see as much as as much as possible. So I guess uh, the, the sort of what I was asked to do was to be looking at my career. Um, and for those that don't know me, I think um, it's safe to say that football has been part of my life for, for many, many years now. Um, so I actually started as a, a female footballer. Uh, there I am in the, in the red circle um, with the cap on that I actually played for a boys team um, and then I signed for Bangor City Ladies who actually were in the, the English leagues. Uh, from there, I um, signed for my um, team. I actually supported Liverpool. I didn't sign them because I supported Liverpool. Uh, it was an opportunity to, to, to go to a club that I knew that had a chance of winning the league, uh, which we did um, the first season that I joined them. So, um, you know, very proud moments uh, throughout my career, especially when I score against Everton. Um, you can see there from the penalty, I was, I was quite happy to score that one. Uh, another big achievement of mine is obviously playing for Wales. Um, I'll go that, into that a little bit more detail later on. Um, but um, getting the opportunity to put that shirt on um, is a very, very proud moment. Um, my time with Liverpool came to an end. Um, and I signed for Doncaster Bells. So in the women's setup, it was a very famous name um, with very famous uh, female footballers having played for Donny Bells. So it was, a, again, another nice uh, privilege and, you know, to, to, to wear a shirt that I knew that was well respected in the women's game. But of course, all thing, good things come to an end. Um, I'll talk about a little bit of that in a second, how it changed and, and where and how the, the, the idea of becoming a referee came about. Um, but you know, there, there are many things that happen in my refereeing career that when I look back now, I think, wow, I can't believe um, that I was able to do those things. And, and actually not just playing for Wales uh, and Liverpool, but refereeing has opened up a few doors for other, other avenues there, uh, like commentary and, um, and being on TV. And there you go. We can see just uh, the top of the tree there. One of my um, favourite moments is obviously refereeing um, in a World Cup uh, warm-up game, uh, Holland against um, Australia, and it was in front of uh, just over 30,000 people. So just a couple of things there that in my journey from being a footballer to a FIFA referee and then on to the Welsh Premier League. So I just want to sort of touch on a few highlights playing football because I think that that has helped shape me as a as a referee. Um, playing for for Wales, like I said, is is a major achievement. Um, two highlights. People always ask me what my highlights are. Uh, one of them was being uh, a captain uh, on my fiftieth cap. There, you can see on that on the biggest uh, photo. Um, really proud achievement. You know, to get to fifty caps at, in that era of football, it was pretty difficult. Um, I'm looking at the picture now and, and there's only one person that's still playing for Wales now and that's Jess Fishlock. Um, the top left-hand corner, um, you can see again playing for Wales uh, and that is actually against Germany. Um, and again, that's a career highlight where I've played uh, in front of um, 
it was a capacity crowd of uh, nearly 25,000 people. Um, so it was just incredible. And finally, like I said, playing for Liverpool, being a Liverpool supporter was amazing. The bottom right-hand corner is me playing at Anfield uh, and I actually scored uh, at the cop end. So again, being a Liverpool fan, that was pretty cool as well. And one of my favourite moments is um, my dad's got MS, so he's in a wheelchair. Um, so when I scored, one of the foot, you know, as the ball dropped into the net, um, I could see my mum and dad right behind the goal and in the net with their arms up. So again, a, a pretty, pretty cool moment. So there's a couple of like fun I thought it was quite interesting. Not many people know this. Um, when I played, I, I tended to get yellow cards for my mouth. It was never for tackles. Um, I moaned quite a little bit, uh, which, you know, my colleagues, my former uh, teammates, you laugh because I'm a referee. Um, one of the things I got red carded in the Champions League uh, for two yellow cards, and um, neither of them were for a tackle. Uh, one of them was apparently shouting at the referee when I can't remember that. And another time, the other second yellow card, you can see there in the 90th minute, um, is actually I ran to get the ball um, and put the ball down the corner flag, jumped over it to get into position for a corner, and she thought I was time-wasting, so cautioned me. And I was off and I missed the second game of the Champions League group stage. Um, and the other little uh, maybe fun fact, I don't know, is that uh, when, I don't know if you guys know about the, the uh, Women's Super League that is over in England now. Um, when I, I was still playing for Liverpool at the time that we went into the Super League and um, a bit of a pub quiz question is who's the first female to score in the Super League for Liverpool ladies. And, and luckily enough, I've got, I've got that little um, title there. So hopefully you enjoy this next one. Without sounding really silly, every time I watch it, I, it brings, you know, I smile. Um, it was the first game of the Super League, so opening game of the, of the Super League. It was against our rivals, uh, Everton, uh, and it was the um, it was an equalising goal. They'd scored in the first half and we'd, we'd, we'd equalise and it ended up being 3-3, so quite a ding-dong game. So uh, that's pretty cool. So moving on to sort of refereeing, uh, I'll sort of explain what happened a little bit so I was away playing for Wales I was in Switzerland and I was sat on a table with the councillors so a number of councillors used to come away with every game that you played um, so uh, a gentleman called um, Cliff who you may know from North East Wales um, he uh, said to all of us who were there with him saying oh have any of you thought about doing refereeing when you stop playing and I think every single one of us laughed um, and said that's not going to happen uh, but I suppose in a way, you know, looking back, it definitely sort of stuck in my mind um, that when I was coming to the end of my career, that was like sort of sort of seven years before I finished playing. Um, so when I was coming to the end of my career, uh, I was finishing in my contract with Doncaster Bells. I was thinking about what I wanted to do next. So I actually contacted the Welsh FA, two different people. One was um, to ask about coaching courses because I'd done it previous years and see if I can sort of just do a refresher and then maybe do the B licence and on to the A. Uh, I really liked coaching. I did it quite often. 
uh, when I was younger. Uh, and the other one was a, to contact um, a certain Mr. Roger Gifford, um, who uh, contacted me back straight away saying, oh, there's a course. Um, and it was in October 2013. And I'd passed the, the difficult exam uh, eight or nine weeks later. And then I found myself on the line as an assistant referee uh, at Saltney. Um, I don't know if anyone knows Saltney Ground, but it's changing rooms are on one side of the road. You had to clamber over some steps and a bridge to get on the other side. Um, and I remember my uh, two people came to watch me, a lot of like mentors, I suppose. And the first thing, they, two things they said to me, they went, Cheryl, stand closer to the line. Because I'd obviously take, you know, withdrew away from the line because I was panicking so much. And the second thing was, Cheryl, get the uh, flag in your other hand. So, you know, it was it was a bit of a like a shock to the system um, starting, but obviously something that it didn't put me off um, in that same sort of year. Um, I suppose I did half a season and in that half a season, I'd, uh, I was asked to be an assistant in the Women's Welsh Cup final in 2014. So incredible, like in what, four or five months I was I was doing that. You can see there some of the things that I've managed to do. Um, and I'm going to be explaining a few things uh, about that in a little bit more detail now. So the pathway for me has been sort of, like I said, an assistant on the, um, I'm trying to think, it'll be the Welsh National League that game. So I was an assistant there. Um, the following year, I was doing re reserve and Colts. So being in the middle on my own in, in the men's game, which was a massive wake up call, you know, no assistants and you know, players that, you know, were a little bit difficult, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, but it was it was good, tough training. And then obviously uh, that helped me to referee in the um, Welsh National League. Um, and then between the Welsh National League and the uh, Cymru Alliance, I was an assistant. I remember being, a, an assist, being the assistant to Martin Roberts, who is now the FIFA assistant in the Welsh Premier League. So it just... Everyone works with each other and then finds their own way. Um, and it, it's crazy when you look back at the, at the last six years, who I've worked with for, and how now I'm sort of the referee and they're the assistant, things like that. Um, from the Cymru Alliance, um, I, I, I think I did two or three years and then um, I got promoted to the to Welsh Premier League. So... Um, that's the, the men's pathway. The women's have been a little bit different because obviously um, there's not as, as many um, leagues to sort of referee in. Um, I was, like I said, an assistant in the first season. Then after that, I was I was only ever a referee in the women's setup. So in the men's setup, I it wasn't until probably uh, when they told us to sort of make a choice of whether you want to be a specialist assistant or referee. That was three years ago. So I was doing both in the men's setup until I got into into the Welsh Prem. Um, but for the women's, like I said, I did probably half a season as assistant, and then I was just a just a referee um, and refereeing uh, many sort of uh, women's uh, league games. So I don't know if any of you guys have seen this uh, video, which is a little bit of a, to stop me from talking uh, and for you to see a little bit uh, of me talking, but on a video. Uh, a little bit about my lifelong passion, talks again a little bit my, about my playing career, but also getting into refereeing.
originally played for a boys' team. I played for a boys' team in Conway. It went from there, really. I was at Liverpool for nearly 10 years, and then um, I made my senior debut at the age of 17 against Ireland. And then I was fortunate enough to play 63 caps. You know, it was a good career. I was, I was pleased with what I contributed to the Welsh team. Everyone thought I was going to be a coach or a manager because that's the way I thought about the game. I was a big thinker about the game. Originally, I, I missed playing quite badly, but um, in my mindset, it was, I was still on the pitch. I was still involved in it. So, you know, there is a good comparison now between how I used to play now as, as, a, as a referee. It's just that buzz of being on the pitch and taking part in such a great game. I think it's important that the women understand that once your career ends as a player, whatever the age, whether you're 16, 26, 36, you know, there is an opportunity there to stay in the game, to stay in the sport after you've hung up your boots. Women's football in Wales is really pushing on and I'm fortunate and I'm privileged to have played it and I'm fortunate and privileged to, to carry on in the role that I'm the role that I'm playing at the moment. So there's a number of things there that I forgot even just to mention about, you know, the fact that I played for Wales for 63 times, you know, just things like that I just forget about and um, maybe I should pay more attention when I'm doing my speaking to, to sort of highlight those things. But just from the pictures there, you can see just a little bit of my journey um, working with, that was in the left-hand corner, that's the, um, uh, the Cymru Alliance um, Cup. And it was the first time ever that uh, an all-female uh, team was refereeing it. And again, when I'm looking at these back at these pictures, I'm thinking, wow, that, that actually that's that's an achievement. Um, Laura there on the right hand side actually got promoted to, to assisting on the um, on the Welsh Premier League. Uh, she's pregnant now, so she's um, she's put a pause to her career a little bit. But you know, all those things there. You know, I look back and I just think, you know. I for, I've forgotten about, if I'm honest with you, but, you know, refereeing has, has, has been like a roller coaster in terms of everything that I've, I've, I've done, um, but it's got, some, got me to where I am now. And that left-hand corner one there is where I'm... My first ever game on the Welsh Premier League was an assistant. Um, uh, and I was uh, at TNS. So for 45 minutes, I was just running up and down like a headless chicken and then the second half I, I was just you know cruising that hot halfway line that's what I remember about it um I think that's that's all I can do <laughs> talk about that one I'm sure something can come back to me uh, later on uh so I think obviously one of the career highlight um when I when as a referee is, is getting the uh the FIFA badge um I had a phone call in 2015 to say that um, I've been nominated and, and that nomination had been accepted. So I went onto the FIFA list in 2016. Um, and what basically that means is that you go to an introductory course. Um, it was in Cyprus that year. Um, and part of that course is uh, actually the elite referees are always there. So unfortunately, our winter course this year has been cancelled being an elite referee. Um, but the, the, the newbies come and join you and and Tom who's just got the uh, the new badge he he would have been there so it's a shame that it's not happening this year but uh, within the course it's quite intense it's four days of, of non-stop seminars 
Um, there's a, there's a, a laws of the game test. There was they were testing your uh, your fitness. Really, really intense, and and you know, I was shattered coming home from it. Uh, that was the year that um, Ryan Stewart also got the badge as well. Um, after the the course, I was able to get a under seventeen tournament, and that happened in in Italy. They're the teams that uh, that were in the tournament, and and typical of me, you know, my first ever FIFA game um, ended up uh, with one red card and a penalty. Because I said I was a full official for the first game, I was like, "I bet you, bet you, my first game, I am, I've got a red card, or I've got, you know, a dog so, or I've got a massive big decision to make." And it's quite a funny story with that penalty because um, it was a handball on the line, and um, it has, you know, I look back and I think, you know, so naive and so inexperienced, but that situation gave me so much experience. Is that someone's shot at goal? And the hand, I could clearly see the arm come out and hit it. And then because of the, you know, the chaos, and you know what it's like in a penalty, the chaos that comes from there, people shouting and everything else, I'm first game ever panicking. And I lose the player. So I'm like, oh, God, who's, who's, it, who's it hit? <laughs> I know it's a red card. No one else can help me because the other side's the assistant. And luckily enough, this is... It's funny now when I think back. Luckily enough, the girl that it struck the arm started crying. And I'm, you know, it's under 17. She's probably only about 15 or 16. She started crying. It's like, ah, you. <laughs> Off you go. Um, so it's quite, it's quite a funny story, um, thinking back to it now. So part of my journey is that I obviously got onto the uh, FIFA list in, in 2016, and that's called Category 3. Um, there are four categories, both in male and female. Um, after uh, a year, uh, which is incredible, I um, got a promotion to category two. Um, obviously, that's all dependent on your, 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 your marks when you're refereeing, the mini tournaments, what the observers are saying about you. Um, I do think a big thing that has helped me is that I did play and everyone knew that. You know, they do their, their homework before you go on to mini tournaments. They find out as much as about as they can. So all the observers knew I used to play. Um, and the other thing is uh, being English speaking, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a massive benefit. And like you can see from that timeline, uh, just in the summer 2020, uh, I've worked all the way up to being on the elite category. Um, again, quite an achievement in a, in a short space of time. Um, some people could say that it's, it's too quick. Um, so I probably agree with some of them at times when I make a mistake. Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, going back, the fact that I had such a big playing career um, internationally and domestically, I think has helped uh, for, that, for that pathway to happen. So I suppose in a way it's looking at now the expectations on me as a, as a referee. Um, even just recently, uh, that was um, only in December, just gone. It was a um, second leg of the Champions League game. Um, and, and the first leg made it quite interesting. Um, Zurich went out, went all out for it. And, and even just based on sort of the analysis of that game, you know, it was ridiculous that, you know, on average... It, it was about 246 decisions I had to make, whether it's a foul or not foul, a goal or not goal. I, I, I disallowed a goal for a push on a goalkeeper. I had a penalty shout. Um, 
all sorts of things. Um, but you know, it, it, it's what is expected of you as an elite referee that you're, um, you know, you've got all those decisions to make, and obviously you're making the right decision. Fitness expectations is, is, is totally changed from the beginning. I remember when I got the call to do the FIFA, uh, to be a FIFA referee. Uh, the first thing I did was I actually got a, I was part of Total Fitness and they had this deal going on for PTs and I, I actually signed up to a PT because the demand of, of, of fitness from a plane's perspective, especially because I was a, I was a centre forward. So, you know, I was hanging around on the on the on the shoulder of the last defender and then then do some sprints um refereeing fitness is is you, you're like a box-to-box -box midfield and it was a it was a shock to the system you know my training for say the first 35 years of my life is totally different to what I do now uh, and you can see me there absolutely blowing from another HI session on a, on a boggy pitch because that's all we've got uh, available to us at the moment but Fitness expectations has, has increased every year. Um, now being an elite referee, it's it's ridiculous. It's like Big Brother. Um, everything that you do, I, I literally just um, after school because I'm a teacher. After school, I went to pick up a parcel, and in that parcel is a, a GPS uh, tracker because that's what they've sent us. So it's just you know everything. You know the standards of of refereeing has increased and that means in, in, in the women's side as well. So like a, you can see on those two screens, those two sessions there will be scrutinized by, by my fitness coach. And again, the diary has to be filled in. Uh, you have to say what you're doing and what type of training. They then grade your training. So they actually look at whether, uh, is there enough variation? Because they don't want a referee that just runs all the time because of, of, of you know, for injury prevention. They want to see injury prevention sessions in there. They want to see that you're doing power and strength training. Um, so, like I said, it, the expectations are, are massive um, at the moment. Um, being a one, being an elite referee, but two, there are two big tournaments that are coming up, which that's why you're getting scrutinised so much. So, I don't know if you know that the Euro Women's Euro should have been this year, this summer. They got postponed back, so they're next year in England, and then uh, you've got the World Cup in 2023. So there's, like I said, there's massive highlights, um, and the only reason um, I've got there is because of you know the matching the, the expectations on the pitch, which is the the grey, the mark, sorry, and, and obviously the fitness and, and attending courses, etc. So a couple of highlights there, you know, I've been on on call. Uh, that's with me with Rebecca Welsh, who's the uh, English FIFA referee. I've been to two um, tournaments, under-19 final tournaments. One, you know, being in Switzerland and refereeing in 40-degree heat is not something that I enjoyed, but it was a good experience. And then the two warm-up, World Cup warm-up games that I did, one in Scotland, um, you know, they played... They played um, I'm trying to think of the main ground now. It's uh, Hamden Park, isn't it? Yeah, Hamden Park, sorry. Yeah, I had a mind, mind freeze then. And for them, that was a record crowd, you know, to, to, to see them off before the World Cup. And like I mentioned before, one of my career highlights is, is uh, refereeing um, the, the Netherlands, in, you know, in front of 30,000 people. So playing in front of 25, refereeing in front of 30, obviously, it's just... 
the noise is is ridiculous but once the whistle goes i remember when i played for wales against germany didn't hear them whatsoever and i, I can honestly say it was the same uh, for that game when i refereed in front of them the only thing the only time i did hear it is that kerry uh, i don't know if you know kerry williams is my assistant fifa assistant she's from swansea and she made a couple of decisions for an offside which the crowd did not agree with and everyone, when my whistle went about to, to go for the offside, the booze was incredible. But all I thought was, well, it's hurt. It's not towards me. That's <laughs> why so I'm all right. But yeah, that was quite good as well. Um, you know, I've had some major career highlights, um, but I've had some tough times too. Um, I know a lot of questions I get asked is about being a female. Um, you may ask, someone, someone might ask that later on. I can honestly say I've not really had that many um, problems being a female referee in a, in a, in a man's world. Um, but what I will say is that um, as you get higher up, the scrutiny gets bigger and bigger. And one of the hardest games I had was, um, you know, just over a year ago, it was on Boxing Day, it was a live game. Um, it was, you can see there, Carnarvon against Bala. Um, anyone that knows Carnarvon, uh, they always get a massive crowd anyway never mind boxing day it was you know a good number of people there Bala are a tough team um with Colin on on the side and 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 the players with Chris Venables etc and it was it was um it was probably it, it's definitely a career low for me this game because uh I I actually had a quite a good game um but unfortunately there were about there were about three decisions that there were big decisions, um, and with all the cameras about, you know, I, you know, you got to feel for these the English boys that have that all the time, you know, 20, 30 cameras per game, seeing it from different angles, and you're meant to see. It. Obviously, they get a little bit more help now with VAR supposedly, but um, you know, live games mean more cameras, um, and something that I felt was a quite an easy decision. And when I saw it back, uh, I got it horribly wrong. So hopefully this works. Apologies if it lags. Uh, you may have seen it and you may have tutted when you watched it last year. So I'll just pause it there just so hopefully it catches up a little bit. Oops. Try again. So for me, you know, looking looking back, just sat chilled. You know, I can see that actually the 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 foot is raised a little bit higher now. But I can honestly say, as a referee at that point and in that moment, um, I didn't see it that high. Um, and if you if you look at it, player reaction, the player that actually got tackled nothing he just looked at me Brockwell um Nathan had a little bit of a moan but he always does because he's captain um but I was confident I gave the yellow cards not a problem happy days um but then obviously um later on after the game you get to see it from different angles Um, and anyone that did watch the game, uh, Colin had a few things to say about me after the game. Um, I think that um, 
Sean did as well. Actually, I know Sean very, very well because he used to coach me. Um, so, you know, it, it's tough. Um, I suppose after that game, I, I sort of questioned myself whether I wanted to carry on refereeing um, because I couldn't believe how, how down I felt about after that game. And, and actually, the next game I came off, I came off as a referee and I went as fourth official. Um, and in that month, I did a couple of courses, so what, I weren't available for, for games. Um, and then lockdown came in. And actually, when the season restarted, I hadn't refereed a Welsh Premier game since then. So the first game of the season was actually at Carnarvon, so typical Phil. Whacked me back in the same place that I absolutely made a mess of. Um, and I think it was about close to nine months, ten months, I hadn't refereed a Welsh Premier game because of because of coronavirus, the lockdown, etc. And my last game was that. Um, so psychologically, uh, I struggled, um, and not because it was like oh, it was just because of the manner of the manner of the, how I got it wrong, um, and the scrutiny afterwards. But that is part part and parcel of the of refereeing, and I've definitely had to learn that the hard way. Uh, and hopefully, I'll take um, I think I think Mike had a question. All right, cool. Sorry. Yeah, Mike. All right, well, thank good, thank you. Good, Don't good, ask good. me anything about that game. <laughs> I've only just got over. Can you? Yeah, I just want to. Yeah. Can you just go back to the um, the first clip on that one? Can you just 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 go back to it? Yeah. Just as a little teaching point, really, for for the guy watching this. Just just before. Right. Go back to the. See if you can pause it just as he makes the tackle. Well, I say tackle, but as he makes a foul. Right. Obviously, your angle there. You you sort of. You're looking through the player there, aren't you? Yeah. Now, the assistant. When you when you played that the first time, I didn't I didn't watch the tackle. I was obviously because it was a mystery card. I was watching the assistant, mm. and not there was not one. I don't know what was said over the comms. Were you on comms there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't know what was said over over the comms. The, did he identify the high challenge? Because there was there was no there was no. There was no indication of any like sort of raised flag yeah. there from from Connor. Um, I'll be honest, I, you know, I'm only a, a, an honest referee. Um, I think I should have seen this anyway. Um, the the communication was good decision. Um, I can only say, you know, because at the end of the day, we, we haven't got a camera from his angle. We've got a camera. The next one is behind the goal. You can clearly yeah. see it's a red card. Um, maybe from his angle, because if you look at this one now, actually, you can see what I thought I saw was, the it was more foot on foot. That's what I think I've seen. And maybe from behind there, because he's looking at it the other way, again, he's not seen that foot yeah. up like that. What I've seen is the, 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 the second part to it, haven't I? I've not seen that because again, yeah, yeah. like you said, I'm, I'm looking through something. So the main coaching point I've got there for myself is that, I actually have got a good good view in terms of you know in terms of not being too too close to it, but also but mainly I'm quite static in my movement. I'm walking. I'm not sort of like so you know like where you, where you know that there's, there's potential danger. As soon as I saw Venables um, miscontrol it, I should have been a little bit. Even if I'd moved yeah, slightly maybe. left, I would have seen it. 
Yeah, maybe. But, uh, I can only be honest. The communication was a good decision when I gave the yellow card. Yeah, it was. It was more more of a sort of. Um, I'm thinking of as myself now when I, when I referee the comms. Before that, like you say, because when that loose challenge, or sorry, loose touch, that, that, that's what's created it. Is that bad first touch? Yeah. I always say say the assistant, you've got to, if that ball's coming towards you, I want you to be you identify to me if it's if it's a high foot or if it's a high contact, you know, because sometimes as a referee, you know, you're looking through the play and you can't actually see see the sort of the level of the contact. But like you yeah. say, you thought it was foot on foot and Connor probably did as well. So Yeah, no, I agree with that. And and you know I've I've you can imagine how many times I've watched this game now. Um <laughs> But the best thing is you went back back into the back into the fire. Yeah, well, that's Phil's fault because he told me to go back to Canada. Absolutely, and that, that is the best way to do it. Yeah, probably. Looking back, otherwise, now, otherwise you well, you you would have brewed on it for, for even longer. Yeah, yeah. No, and and you know, I'm not trying to be dramatic about it. You know, it's just because of the manner of getting that decision wrong. You know, it. Um, I don't know if you you know if you heard the clip okay before, but. The way I played, I, I analysed everything as a player. And I think that as a referee, it's actually been my downfall, my personality, because there are some things that you just can't see and you've just got to go and just put your hands up and say, especially in our, our leagues, you know, looking, think, looking back to Cymru Alliance, all those things, some things you just can't see. Yeah. Um, but I'm always, I kick myself just because of the way I am. Um, but I remember I refereed at uh, Gillsfield a few few years before this. And um, as there was a penalty decision, it was like that, that two players crossed my line of vision like that. And I, again, we did, I think I did have comms because I've had comms for a number and number of years because I was luckily enough from, you know, being FIFA, they gave me the communication kit. So I did have comms, but the, assistant didn't tell me anything players are in front of me like that and luckily there's a player on my shoulder because everyone's going mental it was obviously and obviously a penalty players were going mental and he went she couldn't have seen it because you two were in the way and that you know made me smile but at the same time I was kicking myself that I wasn't you know why you know why did they have to cross at that point at that you know all those things but um yeah, it was a diff- it was a difficult one to take because it was a tough game physically and mentally that one. Um, There's one more, Nashelle. When did yeah. you when did you see the clip back? Um, I'm not. A, do you know what? I'm probably the opposite. Even though I'm firmly about analysing performances, is that I'm very different to the other boys. I can go in at half time with the boys, and they've already got like ten videos from other people watching it, giving them, yeah. oh, that was a good decision. That, during the game, I'm not in. I just need to just yeah, yeah, yeah. focus on that. I actually watched that um, <laughs> the following day because I went to go and watch a game. So I live in Chester. So I actually went to watch the following day to Airbus. So Airbus was in the league at the time. And um, I'm trying to think of his name. Jamie, who plays, who played, plays for Carnarvon. Midfielder, uh, Crowther. So he was actually at the game, this Airbus game, and he said to me, "He said, uh, why didn't you give a red card?" I said, "What for?" Like I didn't even think of this 
clip. Didn't even think of this situation because I was so sure. He said, I'm telling you now, Venables should have been sent off because he actually, if you look at that clip now, and you see where Connor is, yeah. and if you look to the right, there's two little old pe two people. Look to the right again. Jay Jamie's one of those two. And he said, I'm telling you now, Cheryl, it's a red card. So what did I do? I went to it because you, we got access to it. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But I've got a question from Sean. Yeah. Uh, just some commentary, really. It's a difficult one. If, if you look at positioning there, you're actually kind of pushing towards your assistant anyway in the first place from your original position that mm. was displayed. Now, subconsciously, that's probably going to hold you back from going too close to your assistant, and we're probably all like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned going left. Well, the red player alongside you probably prevent you doing that, even if you'd have a job getting in front of him and you yeah. you you run the risk of going too close. 100%. So it's, it just looks like one of those that's just really awkward. If you dropped off, you'd just be seeing the back of the red player. Um, so I think sometimes, you know, you've got these difficult situations where how are you going to see it anyway? Yeah. And well, looking at that, looking at that there, maybe it's just one of those where you, you, you want, we're not going to see it. Yeah. And, and actually, if you look at the next clip of this one here, one of the best parts is that I, I, the only place I could have been to actually seen it perfectly was the camera behind the goal. You know, and like you say, sometimes I've just got to accept that that's the camera from behind the goal. Um, and I suppose in a way, you know, a learning curve is a lot of people say, oh, it should, it's player reaction. You know, people say player reaction to you all the time, don't they? And a couple of shouts, there's nothing else. And even Venables was looking at me as if, why are you even booking me? <laughs> you know, and again, all those things play into your mind. Um, you know, I go back to that slide when I was saying about 246 decisions. Trust me, I think with that game, I think that was doubled because it was chaotic. It was so many things was going on. I know that it, one of my thing, you know, it's as a referee to sort of ignore decisions I've, I've not made or have made and then focus on the next one was pretty difficult in this game. It was a, it was a massive learning curve. Mm. Yeah, the, the only other position I would say that the way you would see it completely is on the touchline, dead in line with it. And you're never, ever going to be there. I'd say it's just one of those, I think. They do tell me to get left more often, but in that case, it would have been more right, wouldn't it? Mm. One, of my, one of my coaching points is always more left, Cheryl, more left. Um, am I right to, to move on? Thanks, thank, thank you for those questions, but <laughs> I was... You know, it's quite difficult to, to to watch it back. I was quite, I was unsure whether to, to watch it or not. Um, so, I suppose in a way, it sort of comes back to that question of why why do we have a referee? And I, you know, I suppose at that point, I'll be honest with you. My low point is that I was questioning whether I should do it or not. And again, I'll be honest with you. This year, it's been difficult for everyone. I'm a I'm a teacher, so it's been difficult that way. Um, it's been difficult to. Um, like when I got the promotion to elite, I was like, I was questioning that because I was like, well, I've had six months of not doing anything really. Um, and it's been quite difficult to mo motivate myself even, even now. Um, so, but the main thing is that we have to go back to is that why do we have a, why do we have a referee, you know, because at the end of the day, that game wouldn't be played without one. And, and I wish I knew and understood that more when I was a player, um, instead of giving them, 
uh, a lot of verbals. I wish I, I, I understood that a bit more, but, you know, how difficult a, a referee's job is. Um, and I do think that, be, you know, as well as being a former player, I think being a teacher as well um, has all helped and mould me becoming a referee. And, and, and definitely it's developed, you know, further uh, some life skills. Um, so it's been um, a, a massive learning curve in the last four or five years um, and it has changed me uh, I'd say when I was a, compared to when I was a player the one thing I want to sort of touch on is the the what refereeing has actually done you know fair enough I'm a you know a former uh, international player um, they can say 63 caps blah blah the fact now that you've got sort of two things to your boat where you know, former international player and now a FIFA referee, you know, created these opportunities to um, to commentate for BBC Wales, to be on TV, etc. Um, now, UEFA pulled the plug on it, um, I'd say, maybe two years ago. I think maybe two and a half years ago, uh, because obviously it was conflict of interest and, and they wanted me just to focus on the refereeing. So for now, uh, that's been put on the back burner. But I'm looking forward to already that when I finish refereeing that I can do do that again because I do really enjoy watching games, analysing games and then giving an opinion on that. So it's always been something that I've, that I've enjoyed. Uh, another thing that's been a highlight and maybe because of me being a formal, former player um, is that I was asked to become part of IFAB um, you know, it, it was a, it's surreal to even to, to be asked. And it was surreal to go to the first meeting that I, that I went to. Um, I went into this room, this conference room, uh, looked to see where my name tag is and saw that my name tag was next to Louis Figo. And I was just like, wow, you know, these opportunities that have come to me have been incredible. And one of my highlights from that meeting is I was asked something about, uh, you know, how when penalty, when goalkeepers come off, uh, the line um, about being cautioned. So obviously the laws change based on that meeting. We what we were saying is it's, it's too harsh. So they changed it to a verbal warning, you know, warning and then a, a caution. But I remember saying something and I sat back and Louis Figo pressed the button to press it. You know, speaking to the mic and was like, "Yes, I agree with what Cheryl just said." And I stupidly, I don't know, stupidly, but I just sort of pressed the button again and said, "Well." If Lewis Figo agrees with me, that's my career done. And sort of sat back and they're all laughing, all these top dogs like Kalina and um, <laughs> Roberto Ray was there. You know, all these top people in, from all different areas of the world laughing because I've made a joke that because Lewis Figo agreed with me, that was it, I was done. Um, so yeah, fabulous uh, experience so far. Um, I've only done one meeting in person and another meeting on Zoom because of the current climate. But again, looking forward to what, what other things that brings and being part of, I'm not saying I make a decision on the laws of the game, but it's nice to be part of um, the process of how they make a decision. So my first meeting is when they first talk, talked about concussion substitutes. And the Zoom meeting was to clarify what we all thought about concussion substitutes and then now everyone's saying that it's going to be brought into uh, into all the leagues. I know that the prem, the Premiership is saying that uh, that they're going to start bringing that in. So fascinating insight to be part of of the IFAB panel. And then a little bit about what's next. So you can see there the letter that I received um, recently, and I suppose that's renewed my 
um, my enthusiasm, my motivation at the moment um, is to be sort of shortlisted for the FIFA World Cup in, in 2023 in, in Australia and New Zealand. What does that mean? Well, that just means more tracking. Uh, like I said, my GPS arrived this morning from FIFA. Um, it's logging into what's called Refesis to, to ha you know, add in all the courses that I do, all the meetings that I go on, um, all the tests that I do, everything. It's just big brother. Um, but it's obviously, uh, a fan, you know, fascinating and, and, and obviously a privilege to be shortlisted, but it means nothing for now until I, um, you know, until those numbers go down. If I can do everything I can to make sure I'm in with a chance, I'll do that. If I don't make it, then it's still been an honour to, to sort of be shortlisted for a major, a major tournament. I suppose the last thing I've got is basically just advice, really. Um, I'm not saying that I am the oracle, I know things, but what I do know is I've only got where I've got to because I've done all the basics. Um, I've attended meetings, done webinars, done things like this, listened to other people. Um, I constantly speak to more experienced referees than me. Um, I think Nick Pratt has got me on his, um, uh, you know, the, the quick, you know, you press the number and it's straight to me. I think I speak to him more than sometimes his, his own wife. Lee has been a mentor to, to, towards me. Um, and just many, many courses um, and taking something from that all the time. And the mini tournaments, definitely massive learning curves because you're away for 10 days and you, you're watching clips, you're watching your own um, uh, games, you're listening to these observers that know what they're talking about. And it's just, actually, it's, it's when you're told something is about going, um, it's not being defensive, it's there's it a learning curve for, for everything. And uh, and I know with the iFab app, it's brilliant because there's questions, laws of the game questions all the time. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of advice there. Uh, I won't do that. And I'll just say, is there any questions uh, that has anyone got that I can try and answer or try and make interesting? Yes, well, thank you, Cheryl, that's excellent. Um, got a few questions in the chat. Um, so um, first question from Sean. Do you still get uh, playing impulses uh, or thoughts uh, during matches that you are that you're refereeing? Do I get what? Sorry. Do, do you get any uh, like impulses to, to go back and play when you? Oh yeah, all the time. All the time. Yeah, I, do, I didn't mean too much of that. I mean, uh, probably not at the very highest level that you're doing, but certainly sometimes you. you uh, I still do actually if a ball comes fairly close to my head like my instinct my urge would be to stick my nut on it but uh, I do I do contain myself but it's still there or you know sometimes if someone's pulling the trigger or something you might feel your leg twitch um, yeah, so, yeah. I, I think I think because because I'm the, I'm the only female I suppose people sort of get to sort of know that I used to play you know they, they know I play or used to play sorry and then um, it depends on the player, but, you know, you can have a little bit of banter with them and say, well, I, I could have scored that. And, you know, just, yeah, I, I think about, you know, I had a question yesterday, actually, from a, from a member of staff saying, do you ever watch women's football now? I think, God, I wish you, I was 20 years younger. And I was like, yeah, you know, there's been a number of interviews that I've done and people have said, oh, you know, and obviously I big up refereeing a lot now because I think that one of one of my roles is to be a role model to younger people, to, to you know, especially younger females to take up the whistle. Um, 
But if a question came to me and said, right, I've got a time machine here, you can go back to being 26. Uh, would you pick up refereeing so you could start early and maybe get to a, a tournament earlier? Or would you be a player again? I'd, I'd be a player, you know. Mm. And, there, and there's no sort of dissing refereeing. It's not. It's, you know, I'm enjoying refereeing because I've had that career as a player. So I'd do that again. You must benefit a lot from the tactical perception as well, because um, if you can see the way a team's playing and the way they might need to change based mm. on the game, then you're prepared for it if it does come around, say, second half or something. Yeah, and 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 like 100%. And there has been some observers in the past that have said, oh, but you're not moving here and you're not... I said, but there's no need to because that's how they're playing. Obviously, there's a, there's a uh, you know... A ju- there's a juggling act to that because you know it could fail the, their move could fail their you know the way that they want to pass the ball could fail and there's a counter attack and then I'm out of position but there are, are times that having played football and being coached by some very very good coaches in the past is that and like I said I'd done my coaching badges um so tactically and that side of it you know has really benefited me as a, as a referee and uh, yeah. Thanks. I better let some of the others get in. I've got a question, Link. Uh, what was your, the most difficult transition from a player to a referee? Like when when you're, say, for instance, like a tackle, you know, thinking, oh, that's that's, that's a good that's a good challenge. But then, from a refereeing point of view, you're thinking, well, actually, oh, hundred percent. I've I've got a few KMIs now because I've gone, oh, that's a great tackle, and of course, you know, all it is is a caution, and then. Mm. You know, based on the laws of the game and the way that the game is actually changing, yeah. and I often say to players as I'm refereeing, I'm saying, "Back in the day, yeah, great, great challenge, but that's a yellow card now. You can't do that now." And that, I suppose that that's what I miss as well, being a you know former player. I think, oh, that's a bit harsh. But I, I, um, I think my first year in the Welsh Prem is that there was um, I was at Llandudno. Hell of a challenge, and I gave a caution. Observer, brilliant, you know, yeah, that's a strong challenge. But when you then freeze frame and all those things that people now do is, as you know, you know, the opportunity to do, and, it, and it's a red card. But yeah, I think that that's mm. probably one of the hardest things. And the other thing is, um, Lee Lee always says to me, "Stop thinking like a player. Stop thinking like a player." Yeah. Um, so yeah, that probably is one of the hardest things you know the transition from from and I still struggle with it now probably and uh linked to that then these questions are a bit uh getting pick p- p- on your toes uh do you right. have to think differently when you're refereeing in Wales compared to when you put the on a UEFA game yeah massively right. um you, you, at the end of the day you've got to referee the game that's in front of you so when you are refereeing a men's Welsh Prem game, um, not that you can let things go, of course you can't, but you know they just want to play, and some of those things that in Europe you can't do, you know, where you could get away with maybe speaking to a player in the Welsh Prem, it's a, it's a nailed-on yellow card. Um, so yeah, you do you do have to change the way you referee domestically to. Um, playing uh, to refereeing sorry um for a UEFA game um and also you've, you've got to protect yourself in UEFA you know you've got to make sure that if it's a if it's if it's a yellow card it's a yellow card if it's a red card you know never sort of hide away from that because um because these marks are kept obviously in the database and then that's why 
people get promoted or, or not. And fortunately for me, you know, I was, I think because I refereed the men's league is that when I've gone into the women's league, uh, women's games, I've been okay because I've already suffered probably more, you know, more, more shouting, more questions, more decisions, more often. So actually when the decisions are made in the female, no offense to the female game, but it is slightly slower. There is fewer decisions to make. Does that make sense? So, because it's like mental win the get men's game that when I go to the women's game, it's it's easier to deal with because it's fewer. Yeah, that's I, mental. I, I don't want to sound like I'm sort of I'm not slating the women's game because obviously I played it, but it's just a different game. Yeah, that's right. So I, I, refereeing in men's football has definitely helped me yeah. massively in the women's game. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that um, like with, with the with the women's game, there's more say close contact football yeah you know I like again same thing because um oh yeah often I get told by observers that I'm you they say to me you can tell you're a British referee because in women's football with the nudges and stuff like that I'm just like oh get on with it and I don't think I'm like that because it's not just because I referee men's football in Wales I think it's because as a female I'm like oh just get on with it Mm. (laughs) come on let's go um so yeah it, it, it's slightly different there's a little different physicality to it you don't really see those types of challenges that you've just seen from chris venables there you don't really see them um but that's not to say you know they don't happen i'm, I'm just fortunate that i've probably not had had them in my games and had a question um we're, we're, we're running out of time okay. um i'm not sure if you answer this one what's the hardest and easiest part of refereeing for you um there was another one your favorite Welsh prem ground do you know what I absolutely know I've I've probably contradicted myself a lot here because I've had a low point at that ground but I do love refereeing at Carnarvon um mainly because the numbers of people that they get there and the the atmosphere is incredible when 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 you know especially when Sean was manager the atmosphere a night match would be brilliant it's so good um yeah probably that one and are there any managers that you can't? Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> they might see it. Any managers? <laughs> sorry. Any, any managers that you can't manage, or, or, or you know, because of your background, that uh, you've got that, a better relationship, and you've got like you know mutual respect. Say, yeah, sorry, you know Cheryl. What? it's all right. I think actually, it's a good question. Um, I will honestly say that the difficult managers that we all know who they are in the Welsh Prem are actually very, very good with me when I'm fourth official. Mm. Um, very respectful. Um, at the end of the day, I accept emotion. Of course, you know, it's an emotional game, um, but they are very good. Um, and I'm not saying they might do it because I'm a female. I don't know. Um, I think there is a little bit of respect. Hopefully there is, uh, not just because of, of my refereeing ability, but obviously my playing career as well. But that can that can soon change when, you, when you're on the pitch as a referee and they're questioning every decision you make. Um, yeah, there are some characters, but I think we all know who, who those characters are. <laughs> uh, what is one of your most memorable pieces of advice given to you by an observer or a coach? Move. Move. <laughs> stop, stop. Um, there's a um, my UEFA manager is called Dagmar, and um, 
the style of refereeing changed. So, you know, it's quite difficult actually when I, at, at times it's been quite difficult to referee in Wales because some observers have been like the old stay left, stay left, you know, keep left, all that, you know, wide left. And that's gone, you know, that's you know, it's probably the transition between domestic and international is, is changing your style of refereeing a touch because when you, um, when you referee abroad, they want you to be what they call is a, because her name's Dagma, it's Daggy's Cone and it's to the right of the, uh, the penalty arc. And, you know, when, when players are there, they don't want you the other side where it used to be wide left all the time. They want you to be, and they always say it to you, the, the best bit of advice is being the best position to make the best decision. Brilliant. And the last question uh, before we wrap up, uh, women's, this is from John, uh, women's football seems to be more sporting and more respect for officials. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, like I said right at the beginning, um, I probably got all my cautions before my mouth. Um, so maybe I'm not the best person to say it, but they are. They're more sporting in terms of they're more honest with their tackling um, and saying sorry to each other. <laughs> you know, like, oh, sorry about that. And um, But they still, at the end of the day, it's a game of football, you know, and if they can try and convince you that it's a penalty when it's not or, you know, anything they'll still do it because they're competitive. But in terms of the way they are, I think, yeah. But at the same time, I've got to sort of stick up for a few men folk that there are some very nice uh, players out there that, you know, regardless, speak to you, speak to you in a nice manner. And, and you know, like I said, with that guy that, of course, leave her alone. She couldn't see it. You two are in the way, you know, things like that. There, there, there are some of them about as well. So, but yeah, the women's game tends to be a little bit more sporting, but at the same time, there's still a few out there, like my former self, that that what well, that wasn't. Brilliant. Um, I think that yeah, that, that's it for the questions, and that's it for our own time. Um, you know, once again, I'd like to, to thank you for um, for you know giving up your time and uh, you know talking about your your career, which is you know amazing. <laughs> experiences that you've had and uh, you know I think that uh, the whole of Wales will be backing you uh, to be in uh, Australia New Zealand in the, in two years time or a year and a half time um, but uh, yeah thank you again Cheryl. No problem thanks for having me and uh, thanks for the easy questions <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll say that's to Sean Sean was Sean had a few good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Oshero. Oh, Oshero. All the best. Okay, thanks. Bye.